Hey, everybody, this is Chuck Everson from Villanova University, and welcome to the Big East Rewind. The Big East Rewind came about when Sonny Sparrow and I from Syracuse University were on a recruiting trip and became friends, and we've been friends ever since. And we had a bond that has developed over playing in the very tough Big East Conference. The Big East Rewind is all about Big East basketball, old school style with the battles and stories that came about during our time playing in the Big East. From the perspective of the media, coaches, former players, and even officials. So we hope you enjoy the Big East Rewind. Welcome to this edition of the Big East Rewind. Today we are all about the Seton Hall Pirates. Mark Bryant is with us. Sonny and I talked to him all about his career with the Pirates and in the NBA, going to the finals and being the guy that changed the fate of the entire program. So sit back and check it out, the Big East Rewind. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Big East Rewind. I'm Chuck Everson, your host from Villanova, and my co-host, as always, my point guard, my buddy, number 23, Sonny Sparrow from Syracuse University. How are you, Sonny? Chuck, I'm great. How you doing? I'm I'm excited about our I'm excited about our guest today. Yeah, I am too. And you know, you know, I would talk to you like this, Sonny. I would say, who was the guy <laughs> that changed the program for Syracuse back in the day? When some when this guy got to Syracuse, everything changed. Who was that guy for you? Mark, you want to answer that for me? Yes, that's the easy one. That's the Pearl. Pearl Washington. Pearl. That's, that's right. No brainer. No That's brainer, right. no doubter. <laughs> and I would, I would say, I would say, if I had to pick somebody from Nova, I would say probably Ed. When Ed came in, things got a, a little different for us. You know, we started winning games and stuff like that. So, the guy that we have with us today, and you already, you already talked to him, is the guy for Seton Hall. That when he got in the door, when he came in uh, at the hall, and uh, and he got to go to school there, it changed everything for Seton Hall. Uh, this guy was, is a Seton Hall Hall of Famer with over 1,900 points to his credit and over 900 boards. Pretty good career. First pick of the Portland Trail Blazers and the 21st pick overall in the 88 draft. He is, uh, he's had a 15-year NBA career, held a lot of longevity in the NBA, and now is an assistant coach with the Phoenix Suns. We're talking about the head pirate himself. Mark Bryant. Mark, thanks for coming out with us today, man. Um, oh, man, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm looking forward to this time talking with you guys, talking about the Big East in the past, past Big East. Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, talking to you guys. Now, before we get started, I just want to put a comment out there. Mark was complaining about a couple of gray hairs he has in his beard. <laughs> yeah. If you're watching this on video and you see me and Chuck... Like you think we got any sympathy? You got for nothing him? to complain about, Mark. <laughs> no, I got I got a lot of gray hairs, man, and it's, and it's from coaching these young guys, man. It's from coaching these young guys. That's where all my grades come from. I had That's... no gray until I started coaching. <laughs> That's why Pickney stopped coaching because he was getting yeah. too gray. He said, "That's it. I can't do it anymore." So he, he goes, "I'd rather be a scout than coach these guys." I get it. <laughs> but so, I, I love it though to watch these. Watch the young guys get better, you know, teaching them, and they're willing to learn. So, Mark, tell me, how much did the physicality of the Big East Conference, you know, playing against guys every night like Patrick, Billy Winnington, Ronnie Cycli, guys like that that you had to bang up, how much did that help you prepare for your time in the NBA? 
I mean, this this was definitely a stepping stone for me. Getting through guys like that, you know, getting my confidence up, playing against the, the Patrick Ewings, the Bill Wennington. You know, it's not too many, not too many uh, conferences you're going to meet guys like this. Every you know, day. So when, you know what I'm saying? Every night, so when, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So when I got into the league, I was like, okay, you know, I, I played against one of the best centers already, Patrick Ewing. So now all I have to do right now is just get my confidence up and play the game. Yeah. You know, it's it's wild. Every night was a battle in the Big East. There was no nights off. You know, everybody everybody had a couple of two or three studs on the team. You, you know, you had to be ready for anybody. You got everybody's best effort because everybody's playing for bragging rights. You know what right. I'm saying? It's territorial, you know, back then. <laughs> I'm going to tell you my... My first game against Patrick Ewing, right? We played him in the Meadowlands. Okay. Right? I got an unbelievable rebound. Bam! Over Pat. Unbelievable rebound. I gave him a pump fake. He didn't go for it. Right? So I went up. I went up. I was serving on, so nervous. This is my first year. I was so nervous. I threw the ball completely over the rim. So I said, like, oh, man, I got to meet him a couple more times, man. I got to meet him a couple more times. <laughs> So he, they really got you. They really, if you didn't get ready playing against those guys, you weren't, you weren't going to make it in the NBA. Period. Yeah. Period. Especially a team like Georgetown. Cause they, mm-hmm. you know, before the ball got down to where you were in the post, you know, mm-hmm. it had to get, you had to get through all their defense. I mean, you had Gene Smith at the top. You had the two guy, the two wings, everybody was athletic. And then at the end, in the back of the press, you had Patrick erasing all the mistakes, you know? Right. So just to get it to you was a challenge. Never mind, you know. Yeah. And they were all grimy. You know what I'm saying? Like they were into you. They was into you. Like you couldn't you couldn't breathe without breathing their breath. You know what I'm saying? They was into you. So it, 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 Georgetown was always tough to play against. John Thompson, God rest his soul, always had those guys ready, snarling, snarling as the ball was going up. You know what I'm saying? They were ready to go and ready to play. Yeah, that that is true. So let's let's take it back a minute, uh, Mark. Let's, you know, talk about I I know you know you your recruitment, you, you got recruited by a lot of guys. How did what did it come down to? What schools did it come down to before you made your choice? It came down to Maryland, yep. Ohio State. Wow, in uh in the Seton Hall. Wow, and the reason and, and the reason the big reason why I picked Seton Hall because you know my it was for my family, so my family could see me play. Like I was right down the street, man. I was gonna say you could walk to the games. Your your, yes. your, your folks could walk to the games. You know. Yes, yes, yeah. I used to I used to when I was younger. I used to sneak up in the gym, Walsh Gym. And play against the college guys. You know, I would sneak up there and play against the college guys up there. So, okay, so I got to share this with you, Mark. Okay, uh-huh. I did because we're professional journalists, Sonny. Professional. professional, professional. All right, we do our right. due diligence and we make calls. So I, I checked up on this situation uh-huh. and I called a good friend of yours named Coach Mike Brown. Yes, so Brown. Coach said to me. Yeah, Coach said to me that. Uh, you hadn't stepped on the campus until they recruited you 
and they were bringing you in. He said, I said, it's impossible. He's a baller. How can he not play pickup games over there? I so snuck you, in that gym. There you go. I snuck okay. in that gym and played basketball all the time. It was some that was in the wreck. Some was in the wreck, and some was yep. up in Walsh Gym. We used to play a lot of AU games up there in, in, in Walsh Gym also. Yeah. You know, so so were you, I, were you I, an I, AAU kid back then? Oh yes. Oh yes. Uh oh gosh. Sandy. You ever heard of Sandy Pano? Yeah. No? Yep. I used to play with him. Okay. I used to play I was playing. We used to go every he would pick me up in a station wagon in my house, and it was filled up with other players, and we would go and we would go play ball. And we would go play, man. We would, there was they had a it was the YMCA downtown north we will all go down there and play uh rivers david rivers i don't know if you guys remember ironhead sure he used to play football he played football yeah he was an unbelievable basketball player too. Yeah. Yes. yeah he, he yes. passed yes. away too yeah yes yes ironhead yes. hayward right yes. Now, yes you were you were tight with dave rivers who went to um notre dame yes we played against we played we played we played with each other on the on the AU team you know kenny okay. wilson you know Kenny Wilson? Well, I know Kenny Wilson. Of course I yes. do. Yes. Kenny Wilson, we used to, I used to play with him. He used to have a wow. brother named he used to have a brother named Darren Wilson. Yeah. He was tough. Like he was tough too. Like he should have he should have he should have been big time also. You Kenny know, you know, Kenny's the all time assist leader at Villanova. Yeah. He, he yeah. played uh my senior year was his freshman year. Okay, so yeah. Got play, I got to play a year with Kenny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. All those guys. Sandy would get all us guys together and play, and we would just – ball everywhere, man, everywhere and play. Well, so talk, Mike Brown talk, was wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, talk, talk about the recruitment process, right? You are right there. Mm-hmm. Were they in your house a lot? Did they follow your AAU? Was it Coach Brown? Was it PJ? I'm going to tell you this story, man. My senior year, I was like, there's no way I'm going to see no – I said, there's no way I'm going to Seton Hall, you know. And then Mike Brown, he just, you know, hey, man, you'll be home. You'll, you'll play right away. And it's the Big East. Like, that was the best, the Big East. So you know, I, I, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, like, man, this is right at home. I can walk down the street, and I'm right there. You know, everybody wants to go away for get away from home. Yeah. <laughs> everybody wants to get away from home. I was like, man, this is like right in my backyard. Why would I want to go here? And that's how, that's my thoughts was going through, you know, the basketball scene, going through my, my senior year. And then something just clicked and said, you know what, man, just just stay home. Because my dad was coming to see me play in high school every game, going to away games to see me play. Yeah. You know, my mom, my, my grandmother, my friends, you know, at home. And I said, you know what? I got unbelievable support here. Why leave? Now, yeah. I was going to stay on campus. I was going to stay on campus. I, yeah. I wasn't going to stay home. Why, yeah, why wouldn't you, right? Yeah, exactly. You can always go home from mom's cooking whenever you want. I mean, but you want to have the feel of being at college, I would think. Yes, right? yes, yes. And that was it. Now, when my clothes got dirty and, my, and it started piling up, <laughs> I'm going home. I'm going right. home. I'm going home, you know, bring all my clothes, get them washed, and come back up to school. Right. But uh, but I'm gonna tell you what was really, really influential influenced me to go there. 
uh, Mike Brown. Mike Brown really did a good job because I, I want I really want to say they started sending me letters early. Yeah. Like sending me letters early. But then, you know, they really started talking to me. Mike, I want to say my maybe my junior sophomore year. And he was consistent. He was consistent. And I think that that was good. And then and then PJ was so good with my man. He he won my mom over. God rest his soul, he won my mom over. When he got to one, he said, Oh, yo, we're gonna take care of him. Nice guy, you know. Didn't didn't curse not one time when right. he was in front of my mother. Not one time. But when I got up at there to see in the hall, and I was like, who is this guy right here, man? <laughs> not the same vocabulary, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's same. But he pushed me to become a great player. He pushed me to become a great player. Now, now it was you have a close. I know you're a close family, right? You, you, yes. and your sister Gail and your brother Spencer, mm-hmm. right? So, yes. Did, did did Spencer wind up playing with you at at some point? Did he spend a year there with you at at Seton Hall? Because when I looked some some stuff up, you oh. could see there was two Bryans. I didn't know if there was any correlation or. Yes, yes, we played. We played a year together. We oh, that's great. Played a year, yeah. He was my roommate. Oh, okay. Now, yeah, were yeah. you roommates back at the house, three blocks down too, or just at school? Uh, just a, just a, just at school, we were we were roommates. You know, at the house, he had his room, I had mine, but we were roommates. You know, we we were roommates, so uh, you know, we we got closer even then. You know, being on the court, and, you know, being in classes, and helping me out with schoolwork and things like that. So we 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 he we definitely played together, and he could play, man. He's about six. Six three, six three can shoot the ball and put the ball yeah. on the ground. Nice athlete. He play. He was your older brother too, right? He's older than you. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Okay. But I, but I got bigger and I, and I gave it to him. You know what I'm saying? I gave it to him. He, he couldn't As handle you it. Yeah, his, his little brother got big. Little brother As got big. <laughs> wasn't an accident. No, wasn't. No, wasn't. No, wasn't. Still, he could play though. He could play. He could play. So, so Mike Brown was the primary recruiter, and you mentioned about PJ came in and he gave you the schmooze, right? He he gave yeah, he you the gave no me. curse and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, he he still he still speaks very affectionately about you because when we interviewed him, he did say, and I know Chuck said it or alluded to it earlier too, that our program didn't change until Mark Bryant came in. So he he speaks very highly of you coming in. Let me ask you this: when you got there as a freshman. Did you feel that weight on your shoulders? No, I don't think he put that on my shoulders like that. You know, so I don't think I don't think he really put that on my. Uh, you just developed like that. it then. Exactly, but he he demanded that I came in and come in and play hard. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? We 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 played hard. We played hard. We played the best that we possibly can. Now, when I first got there, we won one that's talented as the rest of the teams in the Big East. But we, we played hard. We did the best uh, best that we could. And he just said, just keep playing, man. You're, gonna, you're a freshman. You know, you're going to be thrown into a fire right away. And yeah. then you'll, you'll get better. You'll get better um, as, 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 uh, as the years go by. You had a couple we, guys with you, though, your first year. You had Andre McLeod, right? Yeah. And Ricky. Right. Ricky Burton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Two of our guys. Nice class. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not a bad class. You know, no, and, it you know, and coach uh, PJ said that, you know, you opened the door by, by, you know, getting to the NCAA tournament and, and showing that you can have success there. I mean, because for a long time, they weren't really successful in the Big East. They came from 
uh, what uh, another ECAC. conference, the yeah. ECAC, and they had, you know, they were killing everybody. And we had Calandrillo on and he said, yeah. you know, we didn't want to come in here and get killed every night by these teams, you know, but you, you open the door for guys like Terry DeHair and, and, and Jerry Walker and uh, Anthony Avent and stuff like that. You know, I, it's, that's big praise from, from PJ to give you that, you know, I mean, that, it I mean, changed it. When I think that's why he said they, it changed the program because then he had success. That 88 team was great. And that opened the door for the 89 team to do what they did. Right. Yeah. I think, I think like, we brought we brought on John Morton, Martin yeah. Sally, uh, Darrell Walker, Gerald Green, Ramon Ramon Ramos. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Ramon Ramon was from Puerto Rico, but those right. guys from, were from New York. The guys I, I named were like from New York, and we played together three years, and we were like we were like this man. That group was like this, and I think we just you know. We wanted each other to do great. And I think that helped us out a great deal. Um, and then that that in that 89, they just put it all together. They put it all together and it, it was a it was a great team. I'm, gl- uh, I'm I, glad I, I actually I actually went to the game. I went to the game because it was really? in Seattle. It was in Seattle. And I was okay. with Portland. And I flew. I asked the coach, can I go, you know, go watch Seaton Hall? He said, Yeah, go ahead. So I went to the game, came back. And they got a garbage call uh, at the end of the game with Ramil Robinson, and that's yeah. how they won the game. Man. That's how they won. But it's just like all of us just like grew. We grew. Those t- those names that I that, that I mentioned, we grew. We were in the dorms together. We would eat together, study hall together, uh, lifting weights together. Like we just grew, man. We were like brothers. We grew. And I, you know, I Darrell Walker is probably one of my best friends to this day. And every time I go to New York, you know, we go out and get something to eat. We hang out a little bit, and it comes to the game. We grew. It was like a family. Now, now, when you when you got there, because because Dre and, and and had spoke about this too. When you got there, there was certain there's a little bit of expectations on this class coming in, mm-hmm. and because there wasn't a lot of success in the league prior to that, mm-hmm. you know that the, there was a lot to it. Talk a little bit about the progression because you mentioned it. They got you got better and better. Talk a little bit about what you were seeing, like some of the things that you saw. Okay, got better players. What were some of the things that you saw going forward? I think I think I think like you said, the better players. We brought in a point guard from New York, two point guards from New York. They had swagger, so that brought swagger to our team. You know, Gerald Green, John Morton. The, uh, the James, the James Majors, to shoot the ball. James could shoot the ball. Uh, John could get to the bucket. Uh, Gerald Green, you know, he was our general. You know what I'm saying? So we just started just forming, just forming together. And then you bring, we bring in Ramos. You know, so that kind of we put Ramos almost with, was the center, and I was the and I was the forward. Right. Yeah. So it just just things just it just came together. Just, just like in like before the season would start, we would play, we would play pickup basketball. We would play together. We separate, you know, get our team say, "Hey, you on this team, blah blah, you on that team." And by us playing together, in those before the season, I knew I said we're going to be a good team. It might take a couple years, but we're going to be a good team. And it, and it happened that way. And it happened. I, I don't think I was the, 
the loudest, the loudest leader, I probably did on like I'm gonna work hard every single day, and I expect you guys to work hard every single day. And yeah. that's what we did, and we just kind of grew and grew and grew. And I think PJ he pushed us to get better. You know, we could do better than this. Don't worry about the game. He wouldn't. He wouldn't jump on us like, oh, we lose the game by this. But the next day we come in, we get better. And it just took. It just took time, and it, and it happened for us. And you had to buy in, because you had to buy in. There's only one direction the program was going to go. Yeah. If you didn't buy in, you would feel that. That okay, I'm gonna fish out of water over here. Right. Yeah, the you know culture changed. So there's a yes. culture change. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm gonna fish out of work. And then you left. We had a couple guys leave. We had a couple guys leave, but our core stayed. And right. then look what happened. Look what happened. From eighty-eight to eighty-nine. Yeah, you're playing for a national championship that you could have yes. easily won. Yes. Yes. You know? Yes, yes. And, yes. and, it, and to the to the point about the Big East, mm-hmm. Georgetown is in the finals in their in the, in eighty one. 82, right? 84, they win it. 85, Nova wins it. 87, Syracuse loses to, to Indiana. 89, you guys are in it against Michigan. So it wasn't the same teams. It was Georgetown. It was Nova. It was Syracuse. It was Seton Hall. You know? You so know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you what else, like, like change. When we beat Georgetown in Georgetown. That's tough. Yeah, well, not too many people Georgia beat them. Right, yeah. right, right. That was it, was. it was my. I don't. Know, I think it was my last year, junior year. But I think that like that just we skyrocketed after that. After that win, it changed. You could feel like we had some. You know, we had some moxie about us. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah. No more That's Hoya paranoia, baby. That's right. Yeah. Eliminates <laughs> exactly. that pretty quick, right? Exactly. 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 There's, a, there's another game I want to ask you about, Mark. What about, you, you know, because I was talking to Coach earlier. You know, talk to me about the Pittsburgh game that you had. Again, they had a battle with Charles Smith. Right. And they had they had Demetrius on that team. God rest oh, his God. soul, yeah. right? They had Jerome Lane on that team. They had Charlie on that team. Talk about that game for a minute. Because he said that kind of turned it around for you personally. And, you know, helped you get drafted where you did eventually. I'm gonna tell you, even before that game, we were practicing. We were practicing, and I did, I did something wrong. Uh, you know, I did. I forgot what it. I forgot what it was. I think I might have grabbed the rebound and put it on the ground and tried to go up again. I got it blocked. Whatever, whatever happened. And PJ used to go nuts when I used to grab offensive rebound and put it on the ground and get it stolen. He sometimes you go, like, "Hey, get on the line, run. You want to put the ball on the ground." Instead of going straight up, run. So I think I might have did that. And he just went nuts on me. He went in on me. He said, that's why Charlie Smith is going to kick your ass. <laughs> is that if I curse? Is that if I say that? Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, all right. So we go up to, we go up to Pitt, all right? We go up to Pitt. And I had like like one of my my better games up there. And then after the game, I said, "PJ, you always bet on double O. You always bet on double O." 
<laughs> he said, oh, I'm just trying to motivate you. I said, hey, you always bet on double O. Uh, and I, I, remember, I remember that because I remember Mike Brown was like, yeah, double O, yeah. He was like hyping it up. So I remember that game. I remember that game was a good game for us. But let me tell you something. Every time I, I went against Charles Smith, I always felt like I had something to prove. Because all these guys were always put up ahead of me. Ron Cycle, Charlie Smith, all these guys were, you know, put ahead of me. So I always feel like I had to I had to just go at them all the time. Go at them all the time. You know, they're great players though. You know, but I always feel like, you know, okay, we got this guy ahead of me. I'm gonna show why I'm, 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 I'm just as good, if not better, than this guy. So when I played against those guys, you know, I tried I tried to, to go nuts. I tried to go nuts at them. Speaking of PJ, talk a little bit about how your relationship developed and kind of where it's at today. Um, no, I always felt like, you know, P- PJ was tough on the court, but he's not, he wasn't that way off the court. You know, PJ had your back. You know, but he was going to get on you if you're not doing it. He was gonna get on you for not doing it right, and by him doing that, I don't. I, I thought that there's nobody in the NBA that could break me as far as as far as coaching. So that they, you couldn't break me. Now, would I get upset if you bench me stuff like that in the NBA? Sure, but they couldn't mess with my with, with my mental. You know, uh, I said like 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 PJ like like off the court he would do any anything for me. You know, I could call PJ right now and say, hey, PJ, now I need to talk to you about all this, whatever it may be. And he's going to answer the phone. If he's going to answer the phone, he'll give me a call right back. That's how much uh, respect I have for him and how much respect he has, has for me. PJ brought me in to Seattle with him uh, when he got the head coaching job in, uh, in Seattle. That's where it really started off from right there. He brought me in to Seattle, right, and he said, hey, the, the, you're going to be breaking down games and taking the team through, through film. I'm like, oh, because I never did it before. So PJ really got me started in everything. He got me started. You know, breaking down film. I say breaking down film and, you know, taking teams through everything. He got me started in that. So I owe, I owe PJ a lot myself. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I was wanting. You didn't play for him in the league, too. You just, you just worked no, with no, him. I, no, I played with him in Portland. You did. I thought so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I played. I played. So, uh, so what's the difference, Mark? You know, you got PJ, the college coach, mm-hmm. and you got PJ, the pro coach. Talk about the differences in in how he treated the guys as a whole. Not not necessarily specifically you, but how does he treat college kids versus professional players? I mean, I, I think that in college, uh, you could really go go hard at the, at the at these young men because you're trying to get them to the to the next level. You know what I mean? You, know, you could go out there and trying to get them to the next level, so you could really go you go go hard at them, like, hey, hey, come on now, what the yeah, whatever it may be. In the NBA, you gotta have you figure out you got to have figure out different ways how I can touch a player 
to get him to play hard. And every and every 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 player has their their little pressure points that you have to get to. But as a coach, you have to figure that out. And I thought, you know, PJ, you know, figured that out for the most part. You know, talking to to the NBA guys, shoot, most of the NBA guys, NBA guys made more money than him. Right. You know, so you can't you can't go in and try to blast those guys. You know, you can get on them, but you can't really go out there and try to blast them. I think he changed that in that way. You know how to how to talk to talk to these uh, NBA men players that's that's making unbelievable amounts of money. So that so when that, you, when you when you're playing, what was the what were some of the highlights that you remember of your of your NBA days? Uh, going to the finals twice, going to the finals twice. We, uh, we lost to, to the Bulls. I don't know if you remember when that, that Gatorade Clyde. commercial, when, 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 when yeah. Jordan is Clyde doing Drexler. this. Yeah. He yeah. knocked yeah, all those yeah. threes down, right? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, that was, that was unbelievable. I would love to have, have won, but that was, that was, that was big time there. Um. Uh, Going to the finals of playing against Detroit, you know, it was great to be there, but they beat us like three games in a row on our home court. And Benny Johnson just went nuts. And uh and Michael beat us. Yeah, yeah, microwave. I think another one where I, I, I scored like like 30 points against Dallas. It just felt like I couldn't miss. You know, it's almost it almost felt like when I was playing Villanova. <laughs> In the Meadowlands tonight, and I, I, I want to say I had, I don't know, like 39 or whatever. And it just felt like I, I just couldn't miss. And that's how it felt like in, uh, when I went to the Bulls. And then just playing against so many, playing with so many great guys, like Elijah Wan, I learned so much from him. Tim Duncan, you know, David Robinson. You know, I learned so much from those guys, and I would watch those guys play and watch their moves and try to do things that there's some of the things I, I could do, I try to do, but there's some things I couldn't. But just to watch those guys and learn from the guys, because you can learn from guys you know, while you're playing. Talk about talk about some of the stories that went on on the court with some of these guys. You know, you, know, you got Jordan, who was a professional trash talker. You got a guy like Bird who's a professional trash talker. How much of that stuff goes on during a real game, Mark? I mean, it's, as it's players, true. we all know there's chatter going on. You know, but, I mean, it's, it's a whole different level when you get to the league, though, I'd imagine. It's true. It's true. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to say uh, Larry Bird. When I was playing, playing Larry Bird. Like he got the ball in the corner. I ran and I jumped at it. And he just said it real low. He said, uh, too late, young fella. I said, did he just say, you ain't no fella. I said, oh, okay. So it is true. You do talk a lot. You know, you, you, he does talk. There was something else he said, too. Too many young There was something else he said. I just can't remember. But for him to say that, and he was on his way out. Like, he still, he was on his way out, and he still, you know, was giving people the business. I said, we played him in a, in the garden, I'm gonna say it was like a three overtime game or two overtime game. We were all exhausted. I thought he was exhausted. He just like, man, too late, young fella. I was like, wow. So it is true. 
It is true. Now, now, like I didn't play Jordan too much. I didn't play him one on one, right? Um, too much. But Elijah one, one time I was playing Elijah one, right? And he had me on the post. And Sam Cassell had the ball, and he <laughs> he said, "Told Sam, 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 give me the ball. I'll take him quick and simple." I'm just like, "Oh, really? You gonna do that?" And one of the one of our one of the players, God rest his soul, Cliff Robinson heard yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, he heard it. And he just that just made his day. After the game, he was killing the ball. Hey, killing me. He said, Hey, you know what Elijah Wan said to me, Daddy? He said, Give me the ball. I'll take him quick and simple. And everybody just started busting out laughing, man. So yeah. They talk. They talk. You you were fortunate to play with and against some of the best to ever ever to play the game, Mark. Top I mean, 50. Yeah, top 50 players you're talking about. Elijah one, probably Rex. the best footwork I've ever seen on anybody, you know. Unbelievable. There was one time, there was one situation, right? He did a move, like he got from one side of the court to the other side of the court. And I looked at and I fouled him. I said, Rep, how am I supposed to guard him when when he's walking all over the court? And the ref looked at me and said, Mark, he's not walking. That was just a good move. I said, okay, you're probably right. <laughs> you're probably right. So I played against some great man. Steve Nash. I played with Steve Nash. Jason Kidd. Yeah. Kevin Johnson. I played with some played with some uh Paul Pierce. Yeah. I played with some great, great players, man. Some, great some good players. point guards in there, Chuck. I hope you heard that. I, you know, I, I, that's all he's been named. Of course, he's naming the point guards. That's who gives him the ball, Sonny. You got that right. You got this. Come this on. When I played with uh, with with uh, Jason Jason Kidd, I was like, all I got to do is just try to keep up with him. He's going to drop me up. They drop the ball off. To me. All I can do is just keep up with him. Same thing with Rod Strickland. If yeah, I could just keep up with. If I could just keep up with him. He'll drop it off and I get an easy layup. Yep. Keep but your hands up. Was, if you miss yeah. one, you're not getting it back, right, Mark? That's right. <laughs> Sonny won't tell you about that. He knows because he's the guy not giving the ball back to me. Yeah, that goes in the memory banks. That's that's a maybe. That's a no. That's it. <laughs> that's it. So I, played, I was I was blessed to play with some great players. I, now, I how, did you, my, how did you play. transition to coaching? <laughs> this is a true story. My, my last, my last year, right? Last year I ended up with Boston, and then that summer, you know, I was talking to team, I was talking to teams, and nothing really stuck. So I was working out in Houston, a place called Fundy, Fundy Gym, and I seen there's a couple guys that were working out there also that's been out the league for four. And Five years and three years. And I'm like sitting. I'm like, okay. I'm not gonna be this guy that's gonna be sitting up in this up in this gym waiting on a call, knowing that no call is coming. So I got on the phone and I called uh young Donnie Nelson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he he coached me in Phoenix. And he was the and he was coaching, I want to say he was a GM in Dallas. 
Yep. I said, hey, 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 Nani, you know, I'm trying to get into this, into the, into the coaching, coaching gear. He said, hey, 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 come on, come on, come on. All right. So I went out there and I did some coaching. It was the summertime. I went out there, I did some coaching, I did some coaching work with the players. And then, then I went back home and he called me up. He said, hey, why don't you come to Summer League with us? So I went to Summer League with them, you know, worked and did my thing out there. And then, uh, then we came back from summer league. He called me and said, "Hey, look, man, we love to have you, but we don't have no. We're not. We don't, we don't have any money. We don't have any money. We can give you per diem. We give you a spot to stay, but that's that's all you're gonna get." I said, "Okay, fine. I did it, and I did that for a year. And then old Nelly uh, retired in like in the middle of the season. I Avery Johnson, that. yeah, Avery Johnson yeah. took over." So A.B. Johnson didn't, didn't, didn't uh, bring me on to his team next year. But that summer, Brian Hill called me. And Brian Hill was like, hey, man, I've been watching you since you were in high school. Since you were in high school, and I love the way you, you carry yourself. I want you to come to Orlando and work with the White. And start, it started from there. I did two years wow. there, then I went to Seattle. And I was in Oklahoma for for a while, and now I'm now with Monty out here in Phoenix. Now, was was your main gig, Mark? Were you were you the main guy that worked with the with the players, you know, or was it you know just a regular? Were you the guy that like helped them rehab and you know when you're working I, on footwork or moves and stuff like that? That's what it was. Working on footwork, footwork moves, um, how you see the game. Yeah. What do you need to do to get ready for the game? Your mindset of the game, the physicality of the game. I talk to them like that. But the biggest thing about coaching, right, is getting to know a player. I think it's, it's getting to know a player and then it's basketball. You know, those basketball players are people too. Everybody, oh, basketball, bas- basketball players are people too. You know, they get their feelings hurt just like we get our feelings hurt. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's the biggest thing, just getting to try to try to know, know players so you can get the most out of our players. But for the most part, I did work with the with the bigs a lot. And I just showed them what I've learned, you know, throughout playing with, with great player, players like the Elijah one, the Tim Duncans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I just – I'm just regurgitating that to them. You know, and I just do the best I possibly can. I go in there, I jump in there a little bit. I'm old now, but I can't do it as much anymore. My yeah. body don't work like that. Every now and then I, I'll, I'll jump in. Because I think I think it's very important for for them to see that, yeah, I'll get into the dirty water with you. I'll fight with you. You know, and I think they respect that a little bit more. Yeah. It's all about building the respect, I would imagine, yes. right? I mean, yes. You know, and and it's it's got to be tough, Mark. I mean, listen, you you played the same time Sonny and I played, so you're you know you're not exactly or I, I'm you know not you personally, but you know, somebody our age is not exactly in touch with some of the stuff that makes a twenty year old kid go. You know what I mean? True. And True. and I'm sure you've had to pick up things along the way to be able to communicate what you want to communicate to somebody who's a youngster and. It, you know, is a, is a brand new millionaire and has got all everything going on, swirling around them. How difficult is that to um, 
get a kid like that to respect you for what, you know, for you being there and, and being there to help him? I, I think this, this is how I come on. I say, hey, look, man, I'm going to come at you. I'm going to come. I'm going to tell you when you're doing great. And I'm going to tell you when you, you're not doing great. I'm going to be straight up with you. And I think guys respect that. I don't care you from, I don't care if you're 70, 15, 20, yeah. whatever it is. If you're straight up with a guy, I think they respect that. Now, I don't know all this, I don't know all this uh, Instagram and TikTok, whatever. I don't, um, I'm not good with that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not good with that. But I know I'm going to give you the best version of me that's going to help you out in the long help you become a man and help you become a better basketball player. And I think they, they accept that. They accept that. I, I got to ask you about DeAndre Ayton, number one pick, right? Mm-hmm. Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And at the time there's always questions. Are we really going for the big guys anymore? There's been, there's been so many, you know, in, you know, injuries and stuff. So they take that gamble mm-hmm. and you're the guy, right? So, so that's mm-hmm. got to put a little bit on you to say, Hey, here's the guy. He's raw. You got to work with him. Talk a little bit about how you felt with, with, with him as the first draft and then how your relationship has gone. Because you could see what he does on the floor now. And there's no question mm-hmm. that Mark Bryant mm-hmm. is showing him how to play. Mm-hmm. But talk a little bit about that. I think, I think first of all, you got to get to know a guy. I think like when I, before I even got the job, I looked at film on him to see – what he likes, what he dislikes, what he can do and cannot do. And and then work, work from there. But I think the first thing, the biggest thing is is getting to know someone. What's their weaknesses and what their strength. And I try my best to get to know them as much as I possibly possibly can. DeAndre Hayden is probably one of the best uh bigs I ever worked with. Like his footwork, his touch. You know, I think he understands the game. He sees the game, he understands. Now, does he have to grow? Yes. If he wants to be, he could be one of the best bigs that come out, that come out of this, this, uh, this NBA. One of the one of the one of the better bigs that come out because he's that he's that talented. Now, I mean, you said something about say, you know, guys are not really looking for the bigs in the NBA. If you look. At the teams, there's always a big that's doing something. Mm-hmm. Yep. But well, you can't you, win without him. There's no doubt. Yes. yes. Like you look at Draymond, he's that big. Right. Looney, if he didn't play the way he played, I want to say that Dallas series, they don't they don't win. So when people say, Oh, you really don't need yeah, yeah, you do. Who's gonna who's gonna get the offensive uh, rebounds? Who's gonna get the rebounds? Who's gonna set screens? How you gonna get the screen open by yourself? So when people, a lot of times when people say that, I'll stop right there. Woo, hold on, wait a minute. You know, I think bigs are a big uh, part of the game, but I also think bigs nowadays must have a great feel of the game. Now, passing, being able to shoot the ball, being able to handle the ball, I think that's huge nowadays. That's huge nowadays. And what? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, but what he can do in the low poke, what I've seen, what I've seen from his game mm-hmm. as it really has matured, you can he can get your bucket. You know, you can you can get him the ball, and he can score on anybody. 
and he has a variety of things. It's not just a drop stab. He's got a, a nice, solid game, a mid, mid-range and in. And talk about how that developed. I mean, that comes from work, I'm sure, but you have, you to, you have he, to have that relationship, like you said. You know who he kind of reminds me of? But he's not there yet. And he still has to put in a lot of work to get, to get there. He has great feet, almost like an Elijah one. Because that turnaround jumper he has is, is pretty doggone good. Yep. And his jump and then jump hook is, is pretty is pretty good. But you have to keep doing reps upon reps upon reps upon reps to get it great. Where you can shoot that turnaround, you can close your eyes and you know where the basket is. You know what I'm saying? That's how that's how I felt like Elijah Wong was. Even when I played with him, like just watching him work on his turnaround. It's like it's like almost like a layup, you know. So that's where I'm trying to get uh, uh, DeAndre at. Like it's not a whole bunch of moves; it's about two moves, and how you get to those two moves. You know what I'm saying? It could be a jump hook, it could be a turnaround, but it's how you get they, yeah. yes, yeah. If they cut that off, how can I get to this? Yep. If they cut that off, how can I get to that? You know, so it's footwork, getting his footwork better. Um, I think it's going to help him out a great deal. Yeah, it's it's fun to see because to me he's he's not the guy that wants to shoot the three. He's he's a traditional big that that I grew up playing with. That <laughs> Chuck, I know that's your bread and butter too. But mm-hmm. it's it's a great part of the game. It's nice to see. Now hold on about the three. Now all bigs want to shoot threes. Now I know they do. I know. <laughs> but but now now does he doesn't does he, he he'll probably do one a game. Like he probably get one the next five games, he might not even take one. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yep. But but nowadays, I think these guys are stressing so much. Oh, B's got to shoot. B's got to shoot. Uh, just do what you do at a high level, and I think you go. You'll you'll be all right. Yep. Whether it be rebounding, setting screens, running the floor, just do it at a high level, and you'll be great. And but you got to be able to pass that ball. Yep. IQ has to be high. You got to know what you're doing in the game. Yeah. You, you know, let me ask you this. Do you, you get, you, you mentioned Elijah one and comparing him. Do you ever, do you ever reach out for some of these guys that you played with to say, Hey, what do you think? This is what I got going on with a certain kid and what, you know, and bounce stuff off other guys that you've played with. I do. I, I do. Uh, one of my, one of my best friends, uh, Chris Morris. Yeah. Okay. Hey, 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 what do you think about this guy? Hey, you need to work on this way. You need to work on that. There's also a lot of times where I'll just watch old film. And I said, okay, I can add this to that. I can add that to this or whatever it may be. I had I had it like it was before a game when Tim and Tim Duncan was coaching. And I had a nice conversation with him before the game about VA. He said, you just got to give him two good moves. Or give him two good moves and how to get to those good, good moves. But I'm just talking about. That's all it is, man. Yeah. It's perfecting your two good moves and how to, how to get there. But I do talk talk to some players about the players, the current players that I'm coaching now. Like, what do you think? Like, Chris Moore is one of the guys I really – because I talk to him a lot. 
Yeah, that's good. That's good that you do that. I mean, you, it's always good to get a second opinion on something, you know? Always good, especially the guys that have been in the war, that's done it, you know, at a high level, at a high clip. You know, why not get yeah. those guys? If you think you know everything about this, about this game, you're, you're totally wrong. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? So as a player, you're twice to the final to the finals, mm-hmm. and, and you already talked. You could see that there was some like a bad taste still in your mouth. Now you yeah. get Phoenix there. Yeah. Yeah. What is that like? And 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 just like now you're experiencing it. How did you relate that to your players? And and what was that like being on the bench now? Yeah. I, I think. Like the players, some of them players that I that I you know coach a lot. I got my hands on them. Say, hey, look, man, you might not get to this spot never again. So you you can't have you can't worry about little knickknack injuries and stuff like that. You have to go put everything into it. I don't care if you're playing for a minute. I don't care if you're playing for thirty seconds. Wherever it is, you got to put everything into it because you're not promised to come back here again. Yeah. That's the toughest, that's the toughest thing in the world. Like you're not promised to come back here again. And like it's a grind, man. It's 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 a grind to get to the finals. You know, everything is hurting, but you gotta you got to you, you can't concentrate on that. Everybody knows your plays. So you got to be precise at exactly what you want to do. Every every situation counts. And just enjoy it too. I, Going I, to the finals, I, still into the finals is, is unbelievable. I, I gotta ask you about Monty Williams because mm-hmm. I love the guy. And mm-hmm. when I saw, I think it was in one of the games, Booker came, I think it was Booker came out. I think he he gave him a hug and he gave him a kiss. And and I was like, that's just an, he, he just has this honest to goodness affection for his players. Mm-hmm. Talk about what it's like to have that environment. I think like for a coach to have his players and know the players know that this man genuinely cares for me. Right. Like he genuinely cares for me. I think the players will, 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 will run through a brick wall. For them. If they're not really feeling you 100%, well, we could, you know, go around the wall. It might take a little bit more time. We could. Right. You want you want you want your players to be like, "Yo, coach, what you want? What you want to do today? Let's get it, man. Let's get it." And that that changes your whole team. That's Especially if your best player buys into that. And everybody yeah. has a problem. Everybody. But I think Monty, you know, he talks to all his players from 1 to 15. Everybody feels feels good knowing that he genuinely cares for them. And I think that's the biggest thing, man. It's not about basketball. It's about that person. You could see it. You, yeah. I'm telling you, you yeah. could see it. You could see it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's special. And and I don't care yeah. if people say like, you know, the general public, well, you know, these are just spoiled athletes or millionaires. You know what? No way. These are people. And he connects yes. on a different level. It's on a yes. different level. It's yes. really cool. 
Is Certain guys question? do that better than others, right, Sonny? I mean, there's a, yeah. there's not too many guys that get to do like like Monty Williams does. I mean, it, you he's know, a natural. Yeah, I mean, I think you, that's prerequisite you, for the job, really. You, you know, you know who was good with that? I, I felt also is that actually is 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 like three coaches that I played for, where I thought that they really really cared for me. Pop. Yeah, probably. I say that. Yep. I felt that uh, Rick Adelman. Mm. Great coach. Rick Adelman was good. And Rudy T. Really? Rudy T. Rudy T. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yes, Rudy. Rudy told tough me son of a gun. Yeah, yeah. Rudy told me when I first got there, he said, Mark, just play. And I think that I thought that just opened up, opened up my game for me. Say, Mark, just play. Just play. And I think that was, that was huge. And he was honest. He was honest. He was an honest coach. I love coaches that can look you in your eye and say, hey, this is this, or that is that. I can't stand a coach that's talking to you and like he's looking up here and he's looking up there. I say, hey, man, I'm, I'm right here. I'm looking at you eye to eye. Right. So when they do that, that, when they do that, I say, I don't know about him. I don't know about him. Look yeah. at me and talk to me. That's a good point, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Well, Mark, thanks so much for joining us. We're running up against it, but I got to tell you, you know, you've had quite the career, man. I mean, uh, you should be proud of yourself. I mean, you've, you've accomplished just about everything anybody can accomplish in the game. And, uh, and you're still going, still going strong at your uh, very young age, Mark, you know, and I could say that because I'm about a year or two older than yourself. Right, right. I'm a blessed man. I've been, I've been blessed with this, this sport here, man. I know it. I know the Lord is truly Bless me with this this sport that I love to do. I'm doing a sport that I love to do. This is not work for me because I love doing. It. Sure. I, I gotta ask you. I gotta ask you one thing. In all your travels, mm-hmm. was there anything like the Big East tournament in Madison Square Garden? Anywhere nothing you like, ever played? Nothing, nothing like the Big East tournament. There's nothing right. like the Big East tournament. You played in two I, NBA I, I, finals. You've yeah, coached yeah. in the NBA final, and you are saying it right here. There's nothing like the Big East tournament. I love the Big East tournament. We would get a, we would take our bus to the hotel in New York, and then it was on and popping at the game. It was a great atmosphere. We can't beat that atmosphere. Is there anything like that now? Is there anything like that now? I don't know. I don't know. Is there anything like that? Is there anything so. close to it? The Big East, the Big East final. <laughs> Big East final. I mean, listen, Seton Hall, Seton Hall, and and Villanova in the finals are, are pretty close. I mean, yeah. uh, we've had a couple of those battles, man. And, yeah. and it's weekend at the Garden. Yes. Yeah, you know, yes, it's, it's, we were there for those. It was pretty electric, but uh, yeah. you you definitely felt the buzz when you walked in the building. You know, during that time, man. You know, you, you know what I'm I'm upset about. I really can't get to the games like I want to. I can't get sure. to the games like I want to. I miss it. I can't get to the games. You know, I had all my years. You know how many games I've been to since I got into the NBA. One game. One. <laughs> One the, game. Wow. the game, yeah, the game, the championship game, right? One game. Well, 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 I'm talking about that championship game. Well, actually, two then. I should say two. Seattle, and then there was a home game in, in, in Jersey. That was it. And I had all these years. I'm like, man, that, I, I wish I could get some more Seton Hall games. I wish I could. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been it, a lot it, of fun, man. It's so, Chuck, I don't see no, I don't see no Seton. I know you had a Villanova strong <laughs> over there. That's right. He called it. He called it the shrine. Yeah. He called it the shrine. I didn't say it was here. 
Yeah. There's a lot of there's a, there's a lot of yeah, Villanova yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's no stop. One hey, hey, it's not all from my teams either, Mark. You know? yeah, okay. That's yeah. what I, I didn't say a word. I've been telling him. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I'm gonna have to start blurring myself out here. Yeah, you're no. gonna have to, man. I'm like, I'm like, man, is there a Seton Hall one thing up in there? No. I know you went to Villanova. No. Like, geez. No, there's no Seton Hall. Sorry. <laughs> got blue and white, but not the same color blue. It's all well, good, on that man. note, thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot for hanging with us, man. We really appreciate you coming out. I know it was tough with your schedule and everything to make time for us. So I really appreciate it. And I want to thank Thanks. your sister Gail. For working yeah. you over for us because we got to her somehow and i know she beat you up a little bit yeah. so shout out to my girl gail you know thank you hey man i <laughs> enjoy right. i really i really enjoy this i'm glad i got a chance to talk to you guys and hopefully over tell, tell some of your guys we've been trying to get some of your guys that you mentioned earlier from uh from the hall you know and it, oh, okay. i I've been getting ghosted, so I'll talk to you off the air in a second. We'll, uh, okay, we'll... okay, okay, that sounds so good. You've been listening to the Big East Rewind with Chuck Everson and Sonny Spera. Big East Rewind was produced and directed by Nick Chico Chorus and Daryl Gurney. You can check us out on all things social media. Just put in Big East Rewind as you get on YouTube. Put in Big East Rewind and all of our shows will come up. We ask you that you like uh, and share them with your friends. Thanks a lot. Have a great night.